This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The start of a bear market is not always obvious. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a report on jobs in the private sector is out today, while the latest policy statement from the Fed is due next hour. And we're joined by Gus Fauché, the chief economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. So what's your take on the job numbers? Uh, they were solid. So uh, according to ADP, uh, the payroll processing firm, the U.S. economy added about 570,000 jobs in the private sector in October. Uh, that's a pickup from what we saw over the previous few months. I think it's a reflection of uh, the waning of the coronavirus cases and also perhaps more people entering the labor market. So that's good news for job growth through the rest of this year and then in 2022. And what are you expecting or looking forward to, or what should we watch out for as we wait to hear what the Fed has to say? Well, the, the Fed will announce that they're going to start to reduce their asset purchases. These are purchases of long-term treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. They're putting downward pressure on long-term interest rates. Uh, but we're still a long ways away from an increase in sh the Fed's funds rate, which is their key short-term rate. Um, the Fed will say that they're watching inflation, but they still think that inflation pressures are largely temporary. Uh, but we are seeing significant improvement in the labor market and that the Fed expects that that will continue, and that's allowing them to reduce some of the support that they're providing through the economy, to the economy through these asset purchases. So, Gus, other than the Fed and the jobs numbers, anything else right now that we should be keeping an eye on or something that maybe because of these other big headlines that we're getting today, maybe we're not seeing or not looking at or maybe we need to pay more attention to? Uh, so we did get some good numbers on durable goods this morning. Um, those are, are factory orders. Uh, both orders and shipments were quite strong in uh, in uh, October, uh, and that certainly is good news for manufacturing. And it suggests that although supply chains uh, are still an issue, that uh, conditions are gradually improving in manufacturing as a result of strong demand. And I expect that that will remain the case into 2022, especially as we get some of these supply chain issues worked out. And the supply chain issues really have been affecting a lot. What are you hearing about how long we can expect this to continue? Is there any indication as to when this might start to ease, or is this something that's going to be uh, chronic at least for a while? Um, certainly the ISM services index that we got today suggests that uh, inventory problems, supply chain problems got worse in October from September. Uh, obviously, you know, that doesn't bode well for the holiday shopping season. A lot of what we buy are goods, and, and many of those are, are stuck in transit. Uh, and so that suggests that these problems are going to last into 2022. Um, that being said, businesses have a strong incentive to get these issues solved. Um, you know, there are high prices that are being paid out there, and, and businesses want to take advantage of those by getting more supplies. Um, so I would expect that the problems will persist, but that they're get, going to gradually decline over the course of 2022. 
That's Gus Fauché, the chief economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Thanks, Gus, as always. Coming up, devising a financial strategy to survive a bear market. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It was 14 years ago this week that the stock market reached a bull market high just ahead of the bear market brought in by the financial crisis. Let's talk about that knowledge to understand current conditions as we're joined by Mark Holbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com out of Washington. So, Mark, what are we talking about as we're looking at a possible bear market. Are there any indications that we could be seeing that? Well, no, there aren't any. And that's, I think, actually the point to make. Uh, the reason to even think back to that bull market high in October of 2007 is that no one had a clue then that one was beginning. Um, there were obviously some people who were pessimistic about the economy, but they had largely been pessimistic for a number of years. Um, so it's hard to say that they predicted that. For the rest of us, we were quite exuberant on that day. And I'm not just saying that in order to make a point. I went back and actually looked through the hundreds of investment newsletters that I monitored on a daily basis. And the column I have on the subject, I actually quote from what they were saying on that day. And they couldn't have been more optimistic and uh, excited about the prospects. And I think that's worth remembering because we'll probably do the same thing. We don't know whether we're at a market top right now. But the point is that even if one were, we probably wouldn't know it. And, of course, if, if you could predict those things with a lot of accuracy, you would be very wealthy. So I guess the question is, instead of trying to figure out when and where maybe we have a bull or bear market coming, what's the best way to approach this so you're ready for whatever happens? I think that's exactly the question to ask. And I think instead of trying to pick the exact day, because I think the, the premise of your question is that very few of us, if any, can actually predict those days. So instead of spending our efforts on something that's largely going to be futile anyway, let's focus instead on, uh, uh, on, for example, looking at individual sectors or stocks or mutual funds that we may own. Each one of them may hit a top at a different time and reach a profit target that we may have for that stock. If we think that stock or mutual fund has already exhausted any of its potential, go ahead and sell it. Don't wait until some sort of imaginary day on which we think the exact top will occur. And so what that means is that we look at the, at the market tops really as a process rather than a single-day event. In fact, I went back and looked at uh, at uh, the range of times over which different sectors would reach, the, reach their market tops and previous bear markets. And it turns out there's a seven-month spread between the earliest and the latest market tops among those different sectors. So we should be looking at a process rather than a day. And I would imagine, too, that it's just as important to how you react when these things happen as it is to predicting them, because that's the big mistake a lot of people make when they see, okay, we're in one a bull or bear market. Okay, I need to react, and sometimes I think maybe, or you can tell me, do people sometimes react too quickly to those and end up losing as a result? I think that's a great question, and I think what happens is that people uh, let their emotions uh, overwhelm and trump their their objectivity, which is why I think most financial advisors recommend that when you get into a stock, 
specify in advance, before you have any money on the line and before your sentiments get involved, your emotions get involved, set a target for when you think that uh, that stock will be overvalued. Whatever criteria you think at the time, go ahead and specify those. And then when your stock reaches that target, sell. Because what we know from decades and decades of psychological research is that when the top does occur, we won't think it's a top and we'll think, oh, well, there probably is a reason to go ahead and stick on for stick around for a little bit more of a gain. And that's really what uh, sabotages our long-term performance. Mark Holbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com out of Washington. Thanks as always. News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Shares of Bed Bath & Beyond are up sharply today. Bed Bath & Beyond, ticker symbol BBBY, was recently one of the stock picks from our next guest, Shagalani, the chief investment strategist at moneymorning.com. So, Shaw, good job on that uh, stock pick. And uh, what are we, why is Bed Bath & Beyond doing so well and what can we expect going forward? Well, thanks, Jim. Um, thanks for having me on. I, BBBY is a has been a stock that I like. I, my, my subscribers own it. It's uh, fundamentally a reasonably run company. Um, they've done and uh, making some very important marketing changes. This is a nine plus billion dollar revenue company, Jim. That it falls down to the bottom line is, is is less than a couple million dollars, and more often than not, on a quarterly basis, they're losing money. But they're doing a lot of new merchandising, including some digital. Merchandising that they haven't done before, so I like what management, the direction of management is taking them in. It's taking them a lot longer to get there, but fundamentally, the primary reason I like it underneath is that there's pretty decent balance sheet, and again, with the nine plus billion dollars in revenue, there's a lot you can do to increase margins. On top of that, it, it's to me was a no-brainer to recommend this stock because at the time uh, we got into it, it had a 58 percent of float short position so of the floating shares which aren't that many relative to a lot of companies about 94 plus million shares of float and uh, 58 plus percent of those shares had been shorted that's a calling card for the reddit crowd for the um, meme stock crowd to come in and try and squeeze it higher and so it was a sort of a no-brainer to say this is worth uh, risk reward wise a worthwhile position to take are you at all surprised that even though the company is doing well right now, that the CEO is saying, you know what, I know we're doing okay, I know we're, we're, we're seeing uh, good results right now, but we're going to stay the course and we're going to keep doing this long term, even though people seem to be somewhat happy with how things are right now? Well, the thing that moved the stock was the CEO, uh, Tim Triton, saying that they were going to go ahead uh, and accept which is the operative word here, to fulfill the balance of the $1 billion stock buyback program they had initiated. Now, they've got about $400 million left in that program. That's buying power that they can apply to the stock. Now, brilliantly said, because the expectation is that they would use that money to buy the stock. That's what motivated the short covering and the Reddit crowd to pile in on top of that. However, expected doesn't mean they have to. But what the CEO has 
effectively done is he's now created a floor under his stock. They don't have to buy uh, that $400 million of worth of stock. They can do it selectively when stock dips, and they could force the shorts to go higher, squeeze themselves higher, and uh, it could it, it's just a brilliant move. And I think we saw uh, uh, AMC raise $100 million when its stock uh, got squeezed and the valuation of the company went up. They, they raised stock at the elevated price. Uh, CEOs are, are becoming wise to the ways of the Reddit crowd, the short squeeze crowd, and they are figuring out how to monetize movements in their stock. And this is a perfect example of the right thing to do. Makes sense for the shareholders and the company at large. That's Shah Galani, who is the chief investment strategist at Morning or MoneyMorning.com. Let's get that right. MoneyMorning.com. Shah, thanks very much for joining us. Bye. Sell. Listen. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets mixed, and we're joined by Nick Rach, the CEO of the Earnings Scout out of Cleveland. His website, EarningsScout.com. So, Nick, what's happening on Wall Street today and why? Well, we're still in the thick of earnings season, and uh, the markets are you know, not rallying today, but up until today have been rallying to all-time highs, as everyone's been very optimistic about the earnings. And it's been a very good earnings season, but uh, as we see it, it's uh, less good than it was last quarter. And uh, we think some of the supply chain issues, the disruptions, inflation, are eventually going to take its toll and lead to decelerating growth into 2022. So what's your advice for investors moving forward if that is in fact the case, if that does happen? Well, we've had quite, you know, the, the S&P 500 has doubled in value, more than doubled in value since uh, the March of 2020 lows. And uh, we've been telling clients uh, up until the last few weeks to keep riding this wave. But now we're getting a little bit more cautious and, and think investors should be taking some of the profits, not not all of them, but off the table here until we see some of these supply chain disruptions, which are impacting earnings. A company like Emerson this morning reporting said it hurt sales by $175 million. The street is overlooking that going, well, this is going to be a near-term mission. We're going to solve these supply chain disruptions. Um, and I believe we will eventually. Um, but it's ignoring these near-term weakening earnings here relative to last quarter. And uh, we're, we're taking a little bit of caution because of that. So... Is there anything out there that, considering all of this, actually looks like it would be a good option or something that might be more attractive in this situation? There, or oh, sorry. Yeah, there, there's always things to buy, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, we, we like the technology space in, in this uh, time. It's, it hasn't been performing all that great relative to how it performed last year. Um, we think those have some great long-term prospects in there. But but overall, um, we're seeing that the market's right for, for some sort of pullback here. We haven't had one. We had a little 5% one in September. Uh, there hasn't been one um, to, to go. And uh, when we see things like Avis budget yesterday that was up 108% um, yesterday in one day with a short squeeze, we wonder if we're not getting to some stages of euphoria. So at this point, you're obviously uh, expressing a concern. You know, be cautious here. Be careful here. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything about what you hope the Fed will say today that could help rectify the situation? Or is it just because we have things like the supply chain crisis that, unfortunately, uh, there's really not much we can do about that until it's resolved? Right. So the Fed may have to stay accommodative because of the supply chain disruptions. But the problem is uh, one way to solve the supply chain disruptions is inflationary by uh, 
high, having higher wages. We have a labor shortage, and that's part of the reason why the supply chain disruptions are there. And the Fed has to battle inflation, and, and we're going to be facing decelerating growth. So the Fed's really caught in a tough place here uh, because it's going to be looking at decelerating growth into 2022 and rising inflation. Uh, and so how it handles that will be very key. Uh, the main thing the street's going to be looking at is the tapering back of its bond buying program or, or its quantitative easing program. It's been purchasing $120 billion a month of bonds. Will it be tapering that back uh, to, to kind of curb these inflationary pressures in light of the supply chain disruption? So the Fed meeting here is very important. That's Nick Rach, the CEO of the Earnings Scout out of Cleveland. And you'll want to check out his website, EarningsScout.com to get much more on what we've talked about today. Nick, thanks for joining us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and this afternoon we're helping you put together an end-of-the-year financial checklist. And we're going to get some help from Greg Bolanos, the founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. So, Craig, it's getting towards the end of the year, and I guess it's time to take a look. What do we need to do to make sure we're set to go by the end of the year with our investments? Fantastic question, Jim. Well, first, let's talk about what not to do. Don't just forget your current plan and start making new goals for 2022. Let's finish strong in 2021, and that starts with reviewing your retirement plan. If you don't have one, you need to get one because everybody should know how much money they need to put away out of every paycheck every year in order to get retired. I think that's part number one. And once we know that amount, then we should take careful a careful look at our retirement accounts, our 401k, our 403b, our 457. And I challenge people, can you put a little bit more away if you're not yet at the maximum? Those are the first two items on my year-end checklist. What do you find is good ways to do that? How, how, what are things that people could do? There might be some obvious and maybe some less than obvious ways that you can find that extra money to put in those in, important retirement plans. 
Well, I, I think at the end of the day, we have to start with meaningful purpose. Your future self should be motivating your current self to get retired and stay retired. And I think really, if we're looking for some ticks, tips and tricks, everything in life when it comes to finances about cash flow and the easiest way to get a handle on your cash flow is to actually create a budget. Jim, there it is. We talk about it on this program all the time. I know the B in budget is intimidating to so many. But when we start budgeting and we start telling our money where to go instead of wondering where it went, we just have a sense of inner peace and control. So I challenge everybody, before the holiday season gets into full swing, start creating a budget so you can free up more dollars for your retirement allocations. Craig, what else would you advise people to do? Well, I think for everybody... Going into the end of the year, make sure once you have that retirement plan, once you've put enough money into your retirement accounts to fund that plan, really take a look at your asset allocation. Make sure you have the right investments that are going to be aligned with your time horizon and your tax preference. For your non-retirement accounts, make sure you're doing loss harvesting, tax loss harvesting. And for any new investors, if you're investing out side of your IRA, beware of mutual funds in the month of December, because I wouldn't want someone buying a mutual fund in a taxable account only to purchase a phantom income tax bill. Those are some of the other things on the Wealth Management Group year-end checklist. I think you've mentioned one of them, but what are some of the things that people don't do right or don't get off that checklist or don't include on their checklist that we haven't talked about yet? that they really do, that when you have clients coming in and, you know, if you're able to see them, you can say, hey, you didn't do this or you should have done that. What else can we tell people to help them make sure that by the end of the year, they've checked everything they need to and dealt with everything they need to? You know, Jim, I associate the end of the year with holidays, and I associate holidays with what's really important, true wealth. Everything that money can't buy and death can't take away, and that's family. So if you've got family, people you love, and they love you back, if you have not yet created an estate plan or you haven't updated your estate plan, I think that is the obvious hole that so many people should be getting filled and cured prior to the end of the year. It's just necessary. All right, that's Craig Bolanos, the founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, always great advice, especially as we head toward the end of the year to make sure we're in the best financial shape we can be in. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Some of the stories making business headlines this afternoon. More workers at Deer and Company rejecting a contract offer that would have given them a 10% raise. The vote means workers will remain on strike in the hopes of securing a better deal. The raises in the latest agreement were twice as big as the ones in the original offer United Auto Workers Union members rejected last month. The strike began October 14th. The disputed contract covers more than 10,000 John Deere workers at 12 facilities in Iowa, Illinois, and Kansas. A separate group of about 100 workers in Colorado and Georgia voted to accept an identical contract. The Justice Department is filing an antitrust suit to block a $2 billion book publishing deal that would have reshaped the industry. German media giant Bertelsmann Penguin Random House, already the largest American publisher, wants to buy New York-based Simon & Schuster. The government says the deal would hurt authors and readers. 
The Interior Department is preparing to offer oil and gas lease sales on large tracts of public land. The move, despite concluding that burning fossil fuels from those parcels could carry huge costs and contribute to climate change. Burning oil, natural gas, and coal from federally owned lands accounts for about 20% of energy-related U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. But officials with the Bureau of Land Management say they can't accurately determine the climate effects from upcoming oil and gas lease sales in western states. DoorDash is adding security features to its app to help protect drivers. The San Francisco-based delivery company says it's partnering with security company ADT on the new features, which will be available to all U.S. DoorDash drivers by the end of this year. Under the new system, DoorDash drivers who feel unsafe can connect to an ADT agent using a button in DoorDash's app. Drivers can also swipe an emergency button to request immediate assistance. The changes come after a handful of cases last year in which delivery drivers were assaulted or killed. Facebook says it'll shut down its face recognition system and delete, delete face prints of more than a billion people. The unexpected announcement delivered with little fanfare in a blog post represents an abrupt about-face for the social network, which launched the use of its technology more than a decade ago. It follows the company's decision to rename itself Meta in order to focus on building technology for what it envisions as the next iteration of the Internet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 